five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That was the uh, clash. I fought the law and the the law won. That happens. That happens. Sometimes you fight the law and you get your ass kicked. Every now and then, you get one over on the man. But um, by and large, the so-called law winds up uh, on top. By and large. What's going on, everybody? Robert Phoenix here. Got a little Nicholas Rorick in the background today. For all of you lovers of esoteric painting, art, etc., etc., etc. Got a got a bit of a weird start this morning. I thought I had to be somewhere at eight o'clock, and I went to the place I was supposed to be at eight, and apparently, I'm not supposed to be there until next week. So I was early. Technically, I'm early. So a week early means I could be, what, 20 minutes late next week. Got to work it out that way. Actually, it was just a, a, a miscommunication. I was going to get my, my hair cut, but that's going to have to wait. How is everybody today? It is another day in the multiverse, and uh, we are here to untangle some knots. What's happening out there and try to make sense as to where we are up to the minute. The clock is ticking. The doomsday clock seems to be ticking. My spidey senses are way up. And uh, I'm not sure we're going to have an election in November. I'd be very surprised if we have an election in November. It feels like they are ramping things up really as quickly as possible. Remember when the UN and the WEF had their quote unquote formal signing to accelerate agenda 2030 as quickly as possible. It seemed like things really started to accelerate on kind of both sides of the ledger sheet. You know, we had the Supreme court stuff happen, which theoretically did a few things to, alter the, the landscape of the so-called matrix. So that happened. Um, but we're going to get into it today. We're going to look at what's going on with Bobby Cremo. Crimo. I'm going to call him Crimo. It's too close to the Crimmies. Cremo, Crimmy, it's too close. So he's going to be Bobby Crimo. And more high strange in Bobby Crimo land. 
now he supposedly dressed up as a woman to make an escape after he so my question is did he dress up as a woman before he started shooting did he dress up as a woman after so he could get away and there's a lot of weirdness about getting up on the roof the ladder you know, the, so there are plot holes obviously so we're going to look at uh some Bobby Crimo today and some of the inconsistencies that are still there in the fallout from the whole event. But there's also other things going on in the world. Holland is, at, they're in a full scale war right now with the agriculture and the farming. That's happening. There, nobody's talking about it on the nightly news in the United States, which is why you know, you're here because you kind of get the news here. You get my perspective and uh, together we are able to hopefully untangle a few knots along the way, but it does feel like things are really, really ramping up. They're ramping up. We'll get into it. I got a whole list of things we can talk about. Uh, before I do, why don't we do what we normally do, which is we give a little love to our sponsor, which happens to be True Hemp Science, and it's uh, right here. And uh, True Hemp Science, I'm just going to tell you right now, is the bomb. You know, they actually have an, uh, a topical thing that you put on your body for CBD, which I have done before in the past. Now, I've not used Chris's, so this is my, my disclaimer here, I haven't used Chris's, but I have used the topical CBD. Got to tell you, it works. Two moves ago, I was, I was hurting. I was really, that was two moves ago was one of those moves where it's like, oh, I'm feeling old. It was really, it was, it was, it was a marathon. And I remember at one point with my back, just like it being, completely out because I've been humping all these boxes and I got some CBD and managed to, you know, have it applied on my back back there, you know, had the roller and man, did it work? It was great. So Chris has some, and if you're looking for some topical CBD, you can get that at uh, true hemp science. And of course he has a whole host of other products. And when he was here on Saturday, he was incredibly available. You had questions. He talked to you. He talked to you about CBD, how it works, why it works, um, you know, the different applications that were, that are available by using his CBD. So he was incredibly generous with it. And, and he was, he was, and he was giving stuff away. Right. And that's just kind of how Chris is. So truehemscience.com backslash ref backslash 23 uh, if you get $100 worth of product, 15 mins, one five mins, that is your code to get the goodies that go along with it. And I've had nothing but positive, positive reviews for people who have tried the various products. And most importantly, those gummies. Okay, so uh, let's get into uh, chat. Let's see who's here in chat today. 
Let's see who do we have. There, DJ MC Michael, Sister Nino. What's going on? I still think that Sister Nino would be the name of a good band. You know, they had a Sister Christian was by Night Ranger was on a yacht rock list. I'm like, is that really yacht rock? So yacht rock reminds me of Northern Soul. If you guys aren't aware of the Northern Soul sound and movement, it took place at this casino in England called Wigan. I think it's called Wigan or Wigan, W-I-G-A-N. And this was uh, during the, uh, I guess what, like the mid seventies that they had the whole Northern soul scene. Basically what happened is that they found a bunch of obscure seven inch soul records, like totally obscure, not quite Motown, not quite stacks. Some of them were good. Some of them were okay. You know, it was sort of like second tier American soul music. And so it became this craze where you had all these people that were crate diggers and they were trying to uh, find these obscure soul classics. And then people would hit the dance floor and um, they would start, you know, dancing to this Northern soul music. So Northern was because I guess Wagon Casino was in the North a little bit then the soul comes from America and they would take speed and they would, um, they would dance their ass off, but they ran out of records though. That was the problem with Northern soul. They ran out of records. It's kind of like, okay, there are only so many of these records made. And so you, you mine the catalog and then that's it. Like the scene kind of died when they ran out of records to find, but then they started to bring some of these, soul artists over to England to perform. And these soul artists are like, what? They want me to go to England? Why? I haven't played a live show in five years. You're big in England now. Could you imagine that? I mean, this is really what happened. We're sitting around and who knows what they're doing. Driving a truck or something. And somebody gets in touch and says, hey, 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 guess what? There's a group of people that want to bring you over to England for a small tour. Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So Yacht Rock is kind of like that. I mean, they stopped making that music. I mean, they started making the kind of the soft rock, Yacht Rock sound. They started making probably around 73, maybe? 72? 72, 73? Summer Breeze, Seal Crofts in the Yacht Rock category, I think it starts right around there. And then it starts to drop off, I think, in the 76, 77. So the, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a catalog there. So now they have to expand what it means and you get uh, Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Anyway, Liz Atwell, what's happening? She's just, check, she's just checking in, she'll catch the replay. SL Sully, good morning to you. There is my man, Thomas Jordan. Catherine Kramer, double K in the house. Double B in the house. That's Beth Berry. Neo is wise, a.k.a. Neo wise. What's going on? Good morning to you. CC Jones. 
Good morning to you. Glad to have you back. Same with you, Sony. Wendy says is here. The beautiful one herself checking in. Julie Sunshine, triple three. Hello back at you. KNS. What's the buzz? I don't know what the buzz is. You're the buzz. You guys are the buzz. Scary M. My, this is my first time waiting into chat. The first time I saw the shooter's picture, I thought it was some old photo of John Lennon. He's you know he's got that Lennon Hinkley kind of vibe. Welcome by the way. Is it Scary M? Is that what it is? Or is it Scarlet? Scarlet M. Uh, I think it's Scarlet M. Hi, Scarlet M. That's scary. Let's see who else. Hucklebuck411 is here. I love it when new people show up for chat. Here's my man, Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, Wendy, hope the vibe is high. What is Wendy talking about? Let's see. Yeah, we got to we do our best to keep the high vibe. Yeah, it is Scarlet M. Let's see. Who else do we have here? JMP, what's happening? Jackie, where is JJ? JJ's being a gypsy. She's floating around the uh, continental. Most narcissists are impatient. That's a real. That's a really good take. Sixty nine tm. Most narcissists are impatient. Apparently, his mother is a sus. Sus means suspect. I have a picture of the family, by the way. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Susie the Sea Goddess. Better place a healthy order from Baker Seed Company. Yeah, I think we're going to be in for it here pretty soon. Let's see. Maurice, what's going on? Mr. M, good to see you. Thanks for putting that uh, link in there, Tom. Appreciate that. Keygong 101. Good day, everyone. I felt weird yesterday. I think I think feeling weird on a daily basis is a prerequisite now. Uh, if their plans aren't going as expected, they might just take... I think that's where we're going. We're going to talk about that today. Yep. The moon drink for focus is also very good. Ooh, I like that. The new THS ball caps have arrived. Beautiful. There it is. True hemp science ball caps. I guess that's Chris. 69 TM. What's going on? Okay. We sorted that out. <laughs> Chris was rocking his uh, true hemp science gear. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? There is a town in Italy named Sister Nino. I love it. You got to go there someday. Go there before they stop uh, the international flights. We'll talk about that today as well. What's going on? There's uh, Steve, door by the door. What's going on, Steve? Good to see you. My man. It's like my meat suit don't like this reality and it wants to sleep and hide. It's really interesting how different we all are. You know? It's really, really interesting. See, Pines or Pablo Cruz is Yacht Rock. They're Yacht Rock. I'm from the Bay Area. Pablo Cruz was very big in the Bay Area. It was big with the feathered hair set. Needless to say, I was not into Pablo Cruz as a kid. 
Journey probably falls into some Yacht Rock category. The less bombastic tracks. I really don't like Steve Perry Journey. wonder why they call it Yacht Rock. Because you're out there, you're on a yacht, man. You're on a yacht and, uh, you know, the wind is at your sails and it's sunset and you got a pina colada or margarita in your hand and life is good. And you're listening to Stephen Bishop down in Jamaica, right? That's why they call it Yacht Rock. Let's see who else we have. Yes, they were big Baha'iers. They were big Baha'i guys. We're talking about Seals and Crofts, by the way. Uh, let's see. Qigong 101. A lot of people are desiring deep fatigue, both the jabbed and the smarter ones. Um, I think the unjabbed are, they're at risk. I think they're, I think we're, they, we are at risk. We got the shedders and whatever else is happening to us environmentally. I mean, we are in a time of um, in, in, intense hacking, the hacking of the realm, the hacking of our reality. There, you know, people were asking me about CERN on Sunday night. Apparently, I wasn't really paying much attention to chat. Sometimes I, on Sunday night, I, I just kind of, I used to pay a lot of attention to chat, and I found that I would get agitated at times. Sometimes I wasn't. Sometimes I would be, and I lose. It's so you know, it's every. It's good to have banter. Like I think banter is really good, but the Sunday night show sometimes I get tossed off course. In fact, when I was drinking, I, you know, I'd, sometimes I'd have a few glasses of wine when I would do the Sunday night show. And then I'd get really tossed off course. <laughs> that would be, that was an interesting, uh, interesting expression. But people wanted me to talk about CERN. You know, I have thoughts about CERN. One time Emily brought something up to me and I'm like, wow, she, she might be onto something here. Emily has this theory that these particle accelerators were already there, which is in alignment with a lot of the other theories that are floating around about buildings, you know, that are already here and technologies that were already here. And um, that's one of them. The, well, that's her idea. And I began to think about it. And one of the things she said was that they, they don't have any control over when CERN gets turned on. Like they don't have any control over it. So when it when it goes on, maybe they have some kind of indication that it's going on. Somebody's trying to make his pilgrimage over here. Well, come on over here. Come on. Come on. He knows the show is on. Should I get him? He's like Dudley Moore in 10 now. Remember how he got picked up by the guy in the beach because Sam was too hot on his feet? He's like Dudley Moore in 10. I don't really feel like getting up, though. Anyway, I think the CERN thing, when you look at CERN, 
it's massive. Not only is it massive, but but think about all the engineering and all the manufacturing that would have to go into something like CERN. I mean, it's pretty fucking intense. You think about it. You have these two loops, right? And they're it shares space with uh, Switzerland and France. And the construction on something like that, even though they did it theoretically over what about a decade and a half. I mean, it's pretty intense. I, the, you know, the, the manufacturing, the tubing, I mean, everything that went into it, right? And then the, in cooking up this idea that they would, you know, slam these, these particles into each other at super high speed. You know, they'd start with one of their smaller linear accelerators and generate the momentum and force and then loop it into the, to the big one, right? Once they got all the force together and then they would, do it again from the other side, right? And then loop it in and do it in the other direction. And that's why they call it a hadron collider because these things collide and then they watch what happens when the collision occurs. Theoretically, they can, they're trying to map the origin of the universe, right? They're trying to understand the, the atomic and subatomic potential of the big bang. This is what the hadron collider is about. But, Emily thinks that they don't have any control over it. Like it's there. They can't, they don't know how to act. They, they, they may be able to approximate the time. I think there's some interest. That's an interesting thought. And it's another one of these things, right? Like yeah, CERN is on, CERN is on, trying to CERN up. Way up, way up. And how do I feel about it? It's like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Right? I mean, we can speculate. We can we can run a lot of uh, energy around it, a lot of energy around it. And the energy you know, will do what? It'll put you into fight or flight. Oh, no, another thing. End of the world, black hole, black hole sun, here it comes. Portal to hell. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is coming. And that might be true. I mean, those things could be true, but is it going to help you? Is it going to help you to fret over it? It'll create a higher level of stress, higher level of cortisol. Ladies and gentlemen, there are just some things above your pay grade. And that's one of them. CERN is definitely one of them. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, uh, you just have to be in a good spiritual condition in order to deal with what's coming. So we're going to get into the more earthly events and maybe, maybe they're tied together. You know, maybe, you know, when they theoretically run these super hadron collider moments in time, it changes a rift in the temporal reality. It's quite possible. Do they need CERN to do that? Or maybe that happens on its own. We'll get into that. Let's see. Did I go through everybody in chat? Uh, PMSO, LLC, or C Pines. Uh, 
So we're talking Seals and Crofts. I saw them in 77 with Steve Miller and the Eagles. We were young and felt so free. I know, right? Lori Crockett's here. Good to see you again, Lori. Taze, check it in. Lori's got their Baker seeds. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Baker's a great catalog. There she is, Ms. Gucci the Goats. One of our literary stars. Good to see you, Jake. I was thinking about you last night. I freaking love Yacht Rock. <laughs> so I had, you guys know Michelle Punk Rock Love, who I've had on my show. She's probably listening. She sent me a text yesterday on uh, Twitter. And she said, oh, my God, I can't believe you're talking about Yacht Rock. I've been listening to it for two years now. It helps me when I'm stressed out. <laughs> she said it puts me in a Zen mode. And, you know, this is this is Miss Punk Rock Love, right? And uh, she said, if you told me 10 years ago I'd be listening to Yacht Rock, you know, I would, I would have, uh, I would have believed you. And like, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. So, so Yacht Rock is definitely the, the guilty pleasure at this point. I guess, could you throw in Kokomo by the Beach Boys? That's a Yacht Rock too. That is so fucking Yacht Rock Kokomo, right? All right. Who else do we have? George Benson Breezen. That is on the Yacht Rock playlist. Do, 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 do. That's on the, I've heard it. Sirius XM has Yacht Rock. It's on uh, 311 on Sirius. George Benson is an interesting character. Makes a huge crossover. Breezen and remember on Broadway? That was a huge, he was a guy that was like, if you look, like he comes out of, the West Montgomery School of Jazz Guitar. He's like the, it's like West Montgomery passes the torch to George, George Benson. Has a bunch of albums on um, CTI. And, um, and then he meets Eugene Landy, who is Brian Wilson's therapist. Like he, Eugene Landy is the guy who brought Brian Wilson back from the brink of personal annihilation. And I think Eugene Landy helped George Benson with his crossover to become more of a, more of a pop star. Kind of an interesting story. Uh, who else do we have? I've TJ has never been on a yacht. Let's see who else do we have here. Uh, Timothy Hartful. What's going on, Timothy? Good to see you. Emily's take us all. I agree with that. Oh, Timothy did something. Day two, no cigarettes. Congratulations. Man, kicking, uh, kicking cigarettes, from what I've heard, is tough. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard habit to kick. Now, uh, full disclosure, I have smoked before. I didn't smoke when I was young because my father said he'd twist my arms off. I believed him too. And then I always looked at kids around me that smoked when I was a kid growing up. I thought, you're, and by the way, if you have smoked and you were a teenager, please, this is my own little uh, 
kind of fascist perception on the situation. But I thought, they're so fucking average. Like they're common. Like this is common. <laughs> that was in my head. I swear to God, that and the fear of my father twisting my arms off. Because when he said that, like my father was probably capable of that. I'm like, man, I ain't gonna smoke. And the thing that really sealed it for me was Tracy McGinnis. Tracy McGinnis was a punk. I didn't like Tracy. And Tracy smoked. And I'm like, if you're fucking smoking, I don't want to smoke because you're not cool. You're a punk. You're kind of an a-hole. He was one of these guys that was always trying to, you know, start some shit with me. Not a fan. Not a fan. I remember one time, one time, we were playing baseball. And this was like Little League baseball. And I think it was 11 years old. I was playing shortstop. And Tracy was at bat. And he hit this line drive up the middle, right? And I was really, really good at fielding. And, uh, and, I, and I remember leaving my feet and reaching out and stabbing the ball in midair. Those, those moments were always cool. And the, the reason I love those moments is because time would slow down. Something would kick in. It was almost like a matrix moment. Like you were, like I was moving in a different time pattern. And you, and that'll happen with sports. That's the one thing that I miss about sports because it took you into different time patterns. Like basketball and, uh, and Steve Crimmy um, will attest to this because I know he played some hoops. But you can get into a place in basketball that they call the inner game. And Bill Russell was one of the first people that talked about this. And if you got into the inner game, you could be in a place on the court at a particular time where something was happening, right? It was like you, you found the rhythm of the game. I mean, runners talk about this. It, it all kind of comes into this whole idea of like the peak experience. But in basketball, you could, you could, you could find, you could get into a different time. Right. There were levels of time in basketball that if you were on time, you were like there with the ball at the right place, the right situation, the right moment. And you just wanted to stay there. Right. You wanted to stay in that zone. And you and this this happens in sports. This is one of the things that actually is pretty cool about sports is that time becomes different. So when I when I stabbed that line drive, it was like, again, time I was moving in a different time wave when that happened and every everything slowed down and then you know i caught that line drive and as soon as i kind of hit the ground everything sped back up again and it's then it happened a few other times with baseball mostly with fielding and usually when the ball is suspended in flight i miss shit like that okay let's get into the show um thank you all for being here Appreciate you, all of you, each and every one of you. Remember, we got our event that's coming. That is coming the weekend of October 14th. Details on robertphoenix.com. Let me show you a picture of 
the Crimo family. I found this. Apparently, they got a divorce. They being the mom who is here in the center. Uh, this is their daughter, her daughter, and their sister. Uh, this is um, Lynette Pacina. Now, I don't know if she got married. I don't know if Pacina is the mother's maiden name. So apparently the mother is into alternative health. And I think he was staying with the mother. Now there's some conjecture that he is actually a she. That this is a F to M project. I'll throw that out there. So I found this on, on Lynette's Facebook page and um, there was trouble. There was trouble in the Crimo household. And I think it had to do with the divorce. They were not, they're not married, live in separate residences. And we're going to look at um Bobby Crimo's chart, which I have. But before I do that, I wanted to read something to you guys. This is a, from a mainstream publication, The Daily Beast. Uh, the Daily Beast, of course, is uh, the Lugan Press, as uh, Russ would call them. So this is uh, his road from Cub Scout to massacre suspect was full of red flags. Okay, do you, under, do you see the headline? Do you understand what's going on here? This is a red flag event. This is a red flag event. Meaning that they're trying to get people and have their heads wrapped around this idea that they need pre-crime. This is a pre-crime moment. This is not about gun control, although it's a sub-narrative. This is about pre-crime. So there's some things in here that are interesting. That and, and it's not, they're revelatory in ways that are unintentional. So paragraph three, we have, there were lots of red flags with him. One former Highland Park High School classmate told the Daily Beast, I told my teacher, I don't want to sit next to him. He really scared me. Hours after the Highland Park, uh, Highland Park of town, once best known as the backdrop to Ferris Bueller's Day Off and 16 Candles, became the latest site of, a, of mass slaughter by gunfire in America. A community was struggling to process why it became a target and why the son of a prominent local businessman who ran for mayor had descended into a twisted online world obsessed with mass murder, memes, and mayhem, and whether he might have been stopped before it was too late. By all accounts, Crimo was not a well-adjusted teen who suddenly veered 
uh, wildly off course in recent weeks. On Tuesday, police revealed in September. All right, so there are two. They're actually not right here because you're going to see some things that are at the bottom. Like if you only read the first few paragraphs, because a lot of times people will do that. They'll just read. And so in journalism, they have this thing called an inverted pyramid, which means that you wanted to have the most newsy parts of the story in the first paragraph. So who, what, why, where, and how. When, when we learned journalism, when I learned journalism in high school, that's what you did, right? You, you put them at the, in the first pair. It's called the lead. And then you have less important, less important, less important, so that by the time you get to the end of the story, it comes down to one sentence, correct? Okay, so this is why they're putting all this stuff at the beginning, because when you get to the end of the story, you're going to see a different picture here. Police revealed a September 2019 incident which Crimo allegedly threatened to kill everyone in his family while hoarding 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. He, he had also attempted to die by suicide that same April. Neither incident resulted in arrest, which may have made it easier for him to purchase legally purchase guns, cops say. He used to kill innocent people. Okay, so do you see the, do you see the red flags here? This is all about red flags. A review, so now we're reviewing a social media post, which they quickly took down. Online discourse music videos point to someone plenty obsessed with violent imagery, mass shootings, and high-profile murderers. But conversation with people who know him suggests that even if his behavior was sometimes disturbing, it was difficult to unpack his more banal adolescent habits, like his love of hip-hop from, from the potential for evil. Well, hip-hop is pretty fucking evil. He would always be showing violent things, everyone. The same former classmate added, noting that she had a class with Crimo and that he frequently acted out. Violent music videos and lyrics. He would try to promote his rapping to everyone. Let's keep going here. We're going to go down. So afterwards, he quickly blended into the cattle crowd for eventually running to his mother's house and borrowing her car, police said, noting that he legally obtained the gun recovered from the rooftop crime allegedly used as a sniper's nest. He's been charged with uh, seven counts of first-degree murder. So his mother is Denise Piscina. So I guess that's her, her maiden name. And then um, Lynette apparently decided to use her mother's maiden name versus Crimo. This is before all this happened. Sat in the driveway in a small white car while speaking on the phone with the engine running. She cordially declined to answer questions, referring to Daily Beast. Now, the attorney is weird. No one answered the door at the home of Robert Crimo Jr., uh, the father of the suspected shooter, where the 21-year-old lived in the apartment at the back of the property. It was unclear if and when the parents stopped living together. So it sounds like they did. Um, they have different names. You have to wonder whether or not that impacted his psyche. Just saying. So what's weird is their lawyer, the kid's lawyer, 
represented R. Kelly. Like, how you know that that guy doesn't come cheap. Attorney Stephen Greenberg, who previously represented R. Kelly, said that the couple don't know what happened during the parade and what could have prompted Crimo to be involved in such a grisly plot. How do they get R. Kelly's? Maybe it's such a high-profile case, because a lot of these lawyers are ambulance chasers, and they want high-profile cases. Maybe he's giving them a discounted rate. He's going to barter it out for some sandwiches from the father's uh, food pantry. Okay, let me keep going here. He illegally obtained several firearms in Illinois. What, what firearms did he obtain? And where did he get the money? They're not cheap. Was he working? Was he making money off of his budding hip-hop career? I don't think so. So his dad ran a popular deli in the area and even ran for mayor in 2019. We know about that. And his, uh, his, his campaign was a person for the people. Jeremy uh, Conman. <laughs> we got a crimo and a con man who ran an after-school sports program at Lincoln Elementary School, told Fox News that Crimo's parents were always the last to pick him and his younger brother up after classes. He said that Crimo was just nine or 10 when he enrolled in the school's Nerf football program. I remember the parents more than him because they were kind of a problem. Con man said, the kid was really quiet, really soft-spoken, never made an issue. So now we're starting to see a little bit of a different picture of Bobby Crimo. Several former classmates emphasized to the Daily Beast that Kramer was quiet, a loner who never really hung out with a group. Heyman, who participated in Cub Scouts with Kramer in elementary school, said that something was off, something wasn't right about him, and said he did not know if he had any friends. Another person who was in Cub Scouts with Kramer said he lost touch with him after middle school, but we, he remembered him as a quiet, soft-spoken skate park kid. He definitely got judged a little for his golf-like image. The former acquaintance told the Daily Beast in Highland Park, it's not the most typical thing. But the same former classmate said Crimo's father's deli, Bob's Pantry, was a popular place in Highland Park. They often saw Crimo behind the counter, lending a hand with the family business. In that sense, he seemed like a normal kid to them. Here we go. Now we're starting to see a different picture, right? They've already front-loaded the piece at the top with the smoking guns, pun intended. He was never a troublemaker. In junior high, the former classmate said, in contrast to other interviewees, Ethan Absler, another student who was a year ahead of Cremo in high school, or Crimo, insisted the suspect had behavioral red flags. There's that term again. He was very defiant in class, incessantly promoted his music, and was the type of student where teachers realized they were to discipline him in another way or be more realistic about his behavior. But the former classmates still felt there was nothing that would indicate he was capable of anything like Monday shooting. From Absler's perspective, and this is an important piece here, Crimo led like a secret double life that we didn't know about. Isn't that interesting? How did that happen? Where did that double life take place?
We're going to try to get into that a little bit here. In high school, Heyman Attic Crima started uploading rap songs on YouTube and went by the name of Awake the Rapper on social media. Online, he posted several violent music videos, including a crude animation depicting a gunman being killed by police. In another, Crima was inside an empty classroom dressed in, we, we played that, in tactical gear and draped in an American flag. So Jason Whitlock did a show last night, about an hour's worth of a rant on this. And one of the points that Jason made was that at its core, hip hop is violent. It wasn't always that way, by the way. It was kind of celebratory, braggadocio, a little bit of diss culture. Along the way, it picked up a little bit of political consciousness, public enemy, poor righteous teachers, seven percenters. But then it went violent. At its core, hip hop started with NWA is a violent genre. It's a violent genre. It celebrates things like murder. It celebrates things like dealing drugs. It celebrates a lot of these things. So is this any different than mainstream hip hop? Jason was making a point. I think he's right about that. Here's where it gets interesting. NBC News reported that, that Crimo had his own Discord channel that was disabled after the shooting. Oh, interesting. And that he frequented a message board devoted to death where he posted a beheading video. One of the things that connects Parkland, Uvalde, and Buffalo. By the way, the Buffalo shooter, rabbit hole. Peyton Gendron, rabbit hole. The thing that connects to all three of them is Discord. And with the two previous shooters, now we have our third. That was the third. Remember I said there'd be three. This was the third. Buffalo, Uvalde, Highland Park. And with all three, they all had a connection with Discord. The previous two supposedly were talking with someone, not clear if it's the same person, but talking with someone who was grooming them, like psychologically priming them to potentially perpetrate an act of violence. What do we have here? Discord. Crimo's posts showed him wearing a, a Trump flag like a cape. I don't think he was a Trump supporter. I think he was ironic. If anything, he's got some uh, tattoos. He's got one tattoo that connects him with Antifa. He also has another post where there's an Antifa graphic um, that's part of the post. And he was dressed as Waldo, right? Which is Waldo is Oswaldo. Lee Harvey Oswaldo. Where's Oswaldo? But he also liked a Twitter pre video of President Biden. 
No clear picture of political extremism emerged in the hours after the attack. Well, you're not really looking. So here we go. Two of Crimo's online friends who also produced music told Rolling Stone that while he struggled with mental health issues, he did not have many real friends in life. They missed key warning signs. Again, this goes back to red flag laws. I knew that there was something in his head that was messing with him. Oh, that's interesting. What was in his head? Said Nod, father, an independent producer, was friends with Crimo for years after meeting for years. What, what the fuck is years? When I hear it for years, I'm thinking like they've known each other for a couple of decades. They probably knew him for a couple of years, not for years. Anyway, a little pet peeved. In all honesty, a lot of it was him being self-isolating. Well, do you think the fucking lockdown might have had something to do with that? Pardon my language. I know they're, they're actually children who listen to this or young people. I have to watch that. I became more aware of that this weekend. Yeah. There, there is the direct manipulation of somebody's psyche. Then there's the fish in the barrel, which is manipulating many psyches at once. And that's really the heart of MKUltra, where both of these realities on an individual level and on a collective level are being hacked. The self-isolating part doesn't get much better when COVID is involved. I'm going to play, I'm going to play you a piece of video when I'm done with this from Twitter that speaks to the genocidal effect of the lockdowns. And I'm, I'm adding up the math here that Crimo is part of it. Let's keep, let's keep going. Um, I knew that was, I knew, I knew that there was something in his head messing with him. What was in his head? How did he get there? The former high school classmate, remember Crimo showing violent content to his peers noted that he once got in trouble for posting stickers, promoting his music and school property. Okay. So historically, what is what kind of behavior is he demonstrating? Nothing that some adolescent kid who is going through a major life change, probably also going through whatever's happening with his parents and their separation, which probably led to their divorce. Um, it's not anything that some other kid wouldn't be going through. Kids listen to punk rock, they listen to metal, they listen to goth music. It's part of the Saturn opposition that starts at 14 years of age and continues on to about 16. This is what happens. He puts stickers up with his music. Okay. Where's the history of vandalism? It's not there. Where's the history of abuse towards animals? It's not there. Where's the history of being uh, an arsonist and setting things on fire? It's not there. So he doesn't have a history of being violent. He doesn't have a history of torturing somebody or something. 
Well, there may be some red flags about showing violent videos. I'm, I'm betting that he's not the only kid in America that's done that. And he may have been more isolated, more introverted. Is that part of the telltale warning sign here that we're looking for? When you, Again, I'm piecing this all together. I'm not getting the profile of somebody who is a lifelong sociopath or a lifelong psychopath. You don't see that here. I don't have a full profile on the kid. But with his chart, I think he has a penchant for schizophrenia, which maybe I'll get into today. Um, well, the classmate mostly forgot about Crimo in the years that followed. She said she wondered if he might be the parade shooter upon hearing that a younger white male suspect was on the loose. This is really freaky. But I was telling someone, this has to be someone from Highland Park that I know. And one of the first things I thought was Bobby Crimo, because of all the stuff he's done. Like what? Like what stuff? You know that's like that's like Jacob Cruz from Highland Park. People, you know, when that happened, oh, we thought it might have been Jacob Cruz, not Highland Park. Um, Marjorie Stoneman, Parkland. Sorry, got my parks messed up, mixed up. All right. So something happened to this kid. And I'm thinking that there's some major programming going on. He's disaffected. He's on Discord. He's playing first-person shooter games. Um, there's no indication that he was getting high, although who knows? He might be. He's hackable. He's totally hackable. Somebody got into that kid's head. Now, whether or not he actually did the shooting... That's a whole other discussion to be made and had. Apparently, there was a couple that got shot who were working for this drug company that had some kind of wonder drug they were working on. Let me see if I can find that. That's one of the, these really bizarre um aspects of this whole event. Okay. Let me see what we got here. Just have to find this thing. Oh, this is interesting. Somebody blew up the Georgia Guidestones. Wow. I wonder if this was a CERN effect. Check this out. There we go. Looks to me like uh, the Georgia Guidestones have been knocked down. 
Very interesting. That's uh, breaking news, by the way. See, that's why you come here in the morning. If you're listening on the podcast, right now I'm showing a picture of what looks like about a third of the Georgia Guidestones and the rest are in rubble. Very interesting. Interesting stuff. Maybe that's a byproduct of CERN. So we're seeing some collapse also taking place in a big way. Not just with the Georgia Guidestones. Okay, so here's um, more on Bobby Crimo. This is from the Daily Mail. So it feels like there's some kind of a split or war going on inside the Crimo family. That's what it feels like. Father of July 4 shooter helped son by firearm just two months after cops took away his collection of knives. You know, I, I get it. The kid might be a little scattered, but what gives the police the authority to take away his collection of knives? Like, wouldn't he just get more knives? I mean, it doesn't really make sense. When he threatened to kill everyone. Yeah, let's just take away the knives. That'll solve it. Um, Robert Bobby Crimo, 21. We know that he's facing Crimo's parents, Bob Jr. and Denise, said in the statement, shooting a terrible tragedy. We know all about that stuff. He was quizzed in April 2019, September 2019. In April, his family called police a week after he threatened to kill himself. Why would you call the police on your own kid? I don't know why you would do that. Like, I just don't know why you would do that. In September, he threatened to kill everyone, and cops confiscated 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword from him. All right. So I want to get to the part where he, he uh, this is more red flag stuff. Crimbo, who was 19 at the time, was not arrested. He was two years under the legal age minimum to apply for the firearm owner's identification card. Needed to legally obtain a weapon. But despite the murder-suicide threats, Crimo's father sponsored him for a FOID card in December 2019. was approved a month later in January 2020. Officials have since said they approved the permit because there is an insufficient basis to deem Crimo dangerous with only one record on his life for 2016 ordinance violation of possession of tobacco. So there he is, Mr. I pet goat number 47 tattooed on him. Biden, the 46th president, who's the 47th president? 
Will there be a 47? Police at first said the crime was not known to them, but on Tuesday, they revealed he was interviewed twice by authorities. So they changed their story. The cops changed their story on this. Instead, he was able to turn 21 and buy two assault rifles in Illinois, along with three other types of gun. Three other types of gun? How about three other types of a gun? Or three other types of guns? Three types of gun? Maybe that's correct. It remains unclear why the two previous incidents were not flagged. There's that word again, flagged. And what happened? They just passed a red flag, pretty much passed a red flag law. In December, uh, the suspect bought a firearm with his father's help. We know that. There's his lawyer, um, Greenberg. Greenberg told News Nation Now, Crimo's parents dispute the police version of events involving threats that their son allegedly made against them. December 2019. Okay. So they're disputing the events. Okay, so Greenberg is not representing crime on the murder charges. He's being represented by high-profile defense attorney Thomas Durkin. So Greenberg is the R. Kelly lawyer, but he's somehow involved in this. Maybe they share a... I can tell you right now what happened to this family. She left him, and I'm I'm betting, I'm betting that she had an affair. That's my sense. Like these people look like they come from completely different worlds, don't they? Like she's whenever you see a picture of, and this is not a judgment, by the way. It's like it's at their restaurant. Whenever you see a picture of her, you know, she always looks pretty good. And she's aware, I think, of how she's looking. This guy, on the other hand, looks like a fucking insurance salesman, right? I mean, he's he's working for the family. One is a selfie queen. The other is like, that's a picture that he probably used to run for mayor. And he got taken at a photography studio. That's what it looks like. Their relationship is strange. It's one of those situations where you stand back and ask, what happened? How did somebody become this angry, this hateful, to then take it out on innocent people who were just literally having a family day out? He was just a little boy, she said. He was a lost boy. So 4th of July now, will be forever tarnished by this event. There's the dad. So they're going into his house. They're going to, they're going to interview him. Looks like that the father is wearing a flak jacket. 
This also looks like it's the mother's house. Maybe there's so, this is one of the things that's weird. There's no clarity around any of this. Has he also got a mask around him? 47, 47, 47. So apparently he went into one of their uh, synagogues last year since uh, that's Synagogue Central. And they kicked him out. He's wearing all black clothes, black gloves, and a goth style. So again, what are they saying here? They're saying that uh, he demonstrated behavior that makes him worthy of red flag thought crime. Okay, so let's see. This Kevin McCarthy guy is the one that's interesting. That's not to say that these other people aren't interesting. But look at the ages. 88, 64, 63, 78, and then 35 and 37. The McCarthys leave behind a two-year-old son, Aiden, or Aiden, who's found wandering alone in the aftermath of the shooting. So he was obsessed with a number 47. This whole thing just smells. It still smells. A female witness said that she believed she saw the suspect drop a rifle wrapped in a red blanket. You mean like a red flag? So this is all about red flag laws. This is about this is about pre-crime. It's about thought crime. Prior to Monday shooting, Crimo is thought to have traveled recently to Madison, Wisconsin, nearly 150 miles from Highland Park, which is a uh, liberal stronghold. I'm heartbroken. I'm so heartbroken. There were no signs that I saw that would make him do this. He's a quiet kid. He's usually on his own. He's a lonely, quiet person. He keeps everything to himself. That's what the uncle said. Uh, it, everything was, was as normal. He said, adding that he was sitting on a recliner in his home the night before the shooting, looking at his computer. We are good people here to have this is devastating. I'm so heartbroken for the families who lost their lives. I saw no signs. Here's the picture I, I uh, pulled up. And that's from Lynette Piscina's. See, she's always like posing and kind of looking good for the camera. He looks like a little bit like a young John Podesta there, doesn't he? That's weird. So this event is forever going to be branded. Um, the McCarthy's are interesting. Of course, they're they're selling the kids on this. Let me see the McCarthy's. They were involved in some kind of biotech thing. 
You know, what's weird about this is that um, one the security guard that was shot in Buffalo was working on some kind of water-based engine. I'm not clear if it was a hydrogen fuel cell that was using water or they, it, you know, he was working on something. One of these guys that's like a, you know, a garage inventor and probably doing the security thing on the site. These people had their own company. Let me see if I can find it. Because there was something going on here. George Guidestones, it's pretty intense. Um, I think I might have bookmarked it. Let me see if I can find the bookmark. There's, here it is right here. I knew it. All right, let me see this. Highland Park parade shooting victims ID as Irina and Kevin McCarthy, Stephen Strauss. Let's do. Let me let me see if I can find the connection here. Um. So something is connected to them. It says Kevin McCarthy worked with Jaguar Gene Therapy. The Illinois company's chief executive said in an email to employees, according to uh, NBC Chicago, CEO Joe Nolan wrote that Kevin was a star employee with an incredible work ethic. There's something going on with... Um, with this whole thing in these two people. His wife earned a Bachelor of Science in Finance in 2009. Kevin earned the same degree two years later. What is Jaguar gene therapy? Here we go. Popped right up. Okay. So here we go. Can you see this? Jaguar gene therapy all around the globe. People living with severe genetic disease or critical need of treatments that address the root causes of their conditions. Too often they are told there are no treatment options that can change the trajectory of their lives. At Jaguar Gene Therapy, we believe in a world where patients and families won't have to hear those words. Our mission is to accelerate breakthroughs in gene therapy for patients suffering from severe genetic diseases. We carry out important work according to our core values of integrity, agility, and collaboration. Rocking the purple there. 
So I need to find a look, find out a little bit more about these people. This is what this guy and his wife, they work for the same company and he was fairly high up in the food chain here. So was this a byproduct of the uh, simulation or part of the simulation doing its thing where critical people are taken out of critical junctures, thus altering the timeline? Or was this a random event? And do these people even have any traction here? It seems like they do. Just like the guy in Buffalo, interestingly enough, was working on an alternative fuel option. Okay, we're going to continue to mine more of Bobby Crimo and his situation. I'm still convinced he was hacked. Something happened to this kid. Something got into his brain and started moving shit around. And he probably had a predisposition already for um, some rebellion. It's He's got a bunch of Gemini in his chart. I may wait till tomorrow to do that. Take a look at this chart. Gives us some more content, stretch this thing out. Um, and I wanted to get into a few other things here before we sign off today. And this goes back into the, the casualties of the lockdown. I wanted, to, I wanted to play this for you. This is absolutely heartbreaking. So this is a picture of this woman's son in the background, and I'm gonna let her tell her story. I just wanna say, I don't care who's resigned, Sajid Javid, Sunak, whoever, not interested, does not take away the fact that their lockdown, that they enforced, they agreed upon, murdered my son. It is two years next week since my son took his own life because of their lockdown. Everybody seems to be celebrating the fact that they've resigned, not me. I am furious. I am beyond anger right now. See that photograph in, in the background? That's my son. That's Benjamin. They killed him. They murdered him. Their lockdown did that. And I will never forgive them, fucking bastards. So he's an immediate casualty. And what she was referring to is the fact that Boris Johnson's cabinet are resigning now. They're under this COVID thing and these lockdowns are starting to, the casualty toll, the death toll, whether direct or indirect, it's starting to add up now. And the rats are jumping the ship. Which leads us to a bigger topic. But I wanted to play that video because this is the effect that the lockdowns had on young people. And nobody's really talking about, like, what would, and especially in a place like Illinois, where you know that shit was, medically fascistic 
having you know, it, getting vaccinated and wearing you just know that from top top down from fat ass the fat ass governor all the way down to uh, Mayor Beetlejuice. It's affected, affected kids. It interrupted their lives. It created unstable situations for their mental health. And a lot of children, a lot of, a lot of adolescents, you know, you can say whatever you want about religion. But if you have faith, right, if you have faith, then you're going to be able to have a situation like that and say to yourself, you know, this is a test. And, and I've got God on my side and I'm going to just lean into that and keep going. If you have that, that can get you, however you get there, that can get you through a time of crisis like that. But if you don't have that, then you're in the throes of a deep existential crisis and you're, you're like, and 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 there are other ways that you can get through that moment. But when you're young, and I remember when I was young, I, I was a fucking basket case. So now what we're witnessing is the other part that I wanted to talk about, and I've got about 11 minutes left, is global collapse. This is what's going on right now. We are in the midst of global collapse, and everything is accelerating. Everything is happening quickly. We're watching the uh, cabinet of uh, Boris, Boris Johnson uh, check out. They're tapping out. Sri Lanka, chaos in Sri Lanka. Massive chaos in Sri Lanka. They have no gas. They have no food. Their, their money's worthless. They're out running down the streets of Sri Lanka, and they're, they're, they're going after people who theoretically have resources. This is what's happening now. Holland, Netherlands. Like there's a war going on there. And what's interesting about the Netherlands is that the people are behind the farmers. Like here in this country, you'd have a bunch of people that go, oh, fuck those farmers. They got fucking privilege. Let's burn their farms down. That's what would happen here. That's not happening in the Netherlands. So they're standing together against the government, which is basically saying, you got you to quit growing shit. You got to quit growing things because it's adding to the carbon. You're, you're contributing to the collapse of the, uh, you know, the biosphere. And they're, they're, Keep your eyes on Holland. This is a big deal. The Netherlands used to call it Holland. Keep your eyes on the Netherlands. This is a really big deal. You won't hear about it on the news, but keep your eyes on it. Things are getting amped up. And I was talking with Masaki last night. We were chatting and um, texting. I have to clarify the form of communication. We were texting and I had, a, I had a clear, an absolutely clear image in my mind. I'm going to share it with you, not because I'm here to spread fear, 
I'm going to share it with you because it's pretty clear. What I've been seeing is bits and pieces of, and this has been happening since, of course, 2020, of what looks like the purge. You know the purge movies? You know what I'm talking about? That's all programming, by the way. That That's all predictive programming. Also saying this is going to happen, but it's also programming the people that are watching it. And I've been seeing just over the last 72 hours, these purge-like scenarios. And I have this sense that we're going to be very close to a set of rolling blackouts, probably sometime in August, when it's at the absolute peak of heat in this country. And the rolling blackouts could last as long as 48 hours in large chunks of this country. If and when it happens, and I got a big hit on this last night, what you're going to see is you're going to see a coordinated purge-like scenario where chaos and mayhem for 48 hours is going to take place. And when the lights and the power come back on, this is going to be a different country, for better or worse. That's my sense. Because I was looking at things. I was trying to piece these things together. Because everything is in entropic decay and collapse. Governments are. Not just this one. Governments around the world. Boris Johnson's cabinet is falling apart. Sri Lanka is collapsing. China China has huge, huge debt problems because the way that they've created their system is that they, they, they have to make sure that their consumers, that their people cannot become wealthy. So they have wage and price controls in China. They're built into the system. Like they want to have a form of state-run capitalism, but they only want it so that it can pump out products to the rest of the world, the rest of the world buys, and that that money comes back to China while they have at least a one or two-tier system in their own society where people can reap some of the benefits of the material and modern world, but under a very controlled environment. They're in trouble. China's in trouble. And um, their their economic situation, I think, is far worse. And Misaki and I were talking about this, as people understand or know. right? So when that happens, that's a crisis, and they need to do two things. They need to control their populace, and they need to somehow vulture the assets of other places so that they can bring them in and then buttress their own economy and their own civilization. So China is in the midst of a type of collapse right now. Here in this country, what did Biden do? He shipped off our fucking, pardon my language, our oil reserves. Five million barrels shipped them off to Europe and other places. Oh, thanks. They're manufacturing a collapse here. 
So we're seeing the signs of this synthetic manufactured, but in some cases, the natural result of um, hyperinflation, right? Hyperinflation and the sucking up of wealth and resources to this very, 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 very small number at the top of the pyramid with really nothing else left for other people based on the fiat money system. This is happening right now. This is what's going on right now. So everything is accelerating exponentially. And quite honestly, I don't think we're going to have the midterms. A lot of people think that, oh, it's going to be a red wave. I'm, I'd be very, very surprised if we have an election. And I even said that during the, the last election cycle in 2020. Was that really an election or was it a selection? That's probably right. All right, I'm gonna leave you guys with something funny. Did you see the the TikToker who who twerked? Let me see if I can pull this off here quickly. I'm gonna leave you something funny because I like to leave you with something humorous and not just a. Oh, by the way, the uh, contents of the Moderna are coming out now. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. All right, let me see if I can find this. Um, You guys have probably seen this. Here we go. I can't believe I'm tapping into Tariq Nasheed's uh, Twitter feed, but I don't care. All right, here we go. So here she is. She's running for senator. Vote Senator Mack. Name is Tiara Mack. It's actually kind of impressive. Vote Senator Mack. That's kind of a yoga move. It's kind of impressive. All right. The last 48 hours have been so meme heavy, meme friendly. There were a few of her with that, a few, a few, a uh, few memes with that. Let me show you my favorite. Here's my favorite meme. I'll leave you guys with this. If you're listening on the podcast, it's <laughs> it's a uh, sniffing Joe. So Tierra Mac, again, you're not watching it, but she was doing this yoga stand, right? where she's got, she creates a triangle with her arms and her head and she's in a bikini and you see her backside and she's twerking her ample buttocks and says, vote Senator Mack. Now the picture is uh, sniffing Joe and um, he's sniffing her, the inside of her thigh. And of course he has the uh, 
obligatory hand placement there. Anyway, a little humor to end the show on. All right. I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Uh, we're going to continue to track what's going on. Uh, CERN is a metaphor for things accelerating and things are happening and they're happening fast. So join us here every day so you can keep up with the latest details as we break them down and try to make sense out of where all this is going. Stay strong. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. God bless y'all. I'm Robert Phoenix. Bye for now.